Attention, all troops. He's alive. Alive. Welcome to the Rapnolis. As a kid, I was a big fan of teddy bears. I loved them. I had one that my mother gave me at an early age that would later be taken from me. It's a complicated story and probably a story for a different show. Today I'm going to talk about a bear that relates directly to this podcast, namely a bear named Teddy Ruxpin. Teddy Ruxpin came out in the mid-80s, and I was kind of past the target demographic for Teddy Ruxpin at this point. A little old, but I kind of still wanted one, but I could never bring myself to tell anybody at that age that I wanted one. But fate tried to lend a hand. Now, my mother had friends that we saw on a regular basis. Those became close family friends. But she also had these friends that sort of floated into her life. They lived a little further away from us, and we'd see them maybe once every other year. And on one of those occasions, we went to visit one of these friends. And she and her husband lived down the shore. That's what we call the beach area in New Jersey. So we went down there to visit, and they were having some sort of family event that we were invited to. It was very nice. Barbecue, good food. There were other kids my age and younger. We all played around. When I went down, I brought a couple of electronic games, electronic football, electronic baseball, you know, the handheld ones. Well, there was a kid a couple of years younger than me who was quite enamored of these games and loved playing them. He had brought something, though, that I was very interested in. He had brought Teddy Ruxpin. He had just gotten Teddy Ruxpin as a gift and could not be more bored with it. Me, on the other hand, I was fascinated. Here was a bear, and I was a big fan of teddy bears, who could talk, which was also a dream of mine. I've always wanted toys that could talk to me. I sat there staring at this bear, and as I look back on it, it's silly. It was completely not age-appropriate that I should be enjoying this Teddy Ruxpin as much as I was, but I really liked it. Well, this kid, much like most kids, was a little bit more clever than me, and he saw that I was really kind of in love with this Teddy Ruxpin, and he had no interest in it. So he made me an offer. He said, if you give me two of these handheld games, you can have the Teddy Ruxpin. Thought about it for a second, thought, well, that's a good deal. Then he said to me something very important. You cannot tell my family. I thought, all right, no problem. My family pretty much gave me free reign once I had something. It was mine to trade. But if he couldn't do that, well, once I was away from the shore... That's going to be his problem. So I was like, deal. The problem was is that we had to figure out a way to get Teddy Ruxpin out of the house without anybody knowing. So I went out to the car and found a bag, a beach bag that we keep towels and things that we were going to use in this people's pool. And I took Teddy, wrapped him in a towel. I think it might have been a wet towel, not great. Put him in the bottom and just sort of left him in the bedroom. And we were going to leave with him. Well, I can tell you this. Teddy was not going to be cooperative that day because... Later that day, we're leaving, I grab the bag, I'm walking out, all of a sudden Teddy starts talking. So close to the door. He starts talking, the mother of the kid hears it and is like, what is that? And I said, oh, it's Teddy Ruxpin. She's like, oh, you have a Teddy Ruxpin too. The kid moved in very quickly and said, hey, that's my Teddy Ruxpin. And I said, oh, I didn't realize it was in our bag. Everybody looked around real suspiciously and he took back his Teddy Ruxpin. Now, at this point, we had made the exchange, and to get my toys back, I would have to reveal that we were going to make the exchange, which would get this kid in pretty big trouble. I only had a few seconds to think about it, 
and I thought, do I really enjoy those handheld electronic games? They were already a couple of years old. But the thing is, I wasn't getting my Teddy Ruxpin, so I wanted my games back, so I spilled. The kid got in big, big trouble. And I don't know what big trouble means to you nowadays, but big trouble when I was a kid meant you were going to get a beating. And sadly, I had to witness that beating. I just got my toys and left. Never saw the kid again, nor did I ever get a Teddy Ruxpin. Always been a sore point to me. But I figure at that point, Teddy Ruxpin knew he was coming home with me. And it wasn't meant to be, and he knew it, so he spoke up. On today's show, we're going to talk about Teddy Ruxpin. We're going to talk about the creators and creation of Teddy. We'll talk a little bit about the toy itself, how it worked, its popularity. We'll talk a little bit about the television show, the sort of difficult-to-get-your-hands-on live action show, and we'll throw a few surprises here and there. We have an info-packed episode ahead of us, so without further ado, let's start the show. you're not in the know about Teddy Ruxpin and didn't pick up on what I was saying in the intro, he is an animatronic talking bear that was distributed by a company called Worlds of Wonder. Teddy is pretty basic, I guess, by today's standards, but he almost seemed magical back then. His mouth and eyes moved and he talked by the use of a cassette tape that was placed into his back. And you would hit play and he would respond. Amazing. It was invented by a guy named Ken Forsay. Ken Forsay was born in 1936. He's an inventor, author, and producer. He'd worked at the Walt Disney Company and Sid and Marty Croft, not to mention other companies, and then founded a company called Alchemy 2. And one of their first projects was working on a show called Welcome to Pooh Corner and another show called Dumbo Circus, which were shows that I watched on the early Disney channel. So that while they were working on that, they picked up some expertise and got into toy inventing. The first Teddy Ruxpin prototype came out in 1983. And Alchemy 2 tried to get the toy industry to buy it, but it was missing something. You see, at that point, it was very complicated and very cumbersome. Alchemy 2 was having a really hard time getting this thing marketed. They took the concept of Teddy Ruxpin to Asia and met with some seemingly disreputable people. In fact, one of those companies that they met with would later come out with a Teddy Ruxpin ripoff called Gabby Bear. In no way is Gabby Bear as handsome as Teddy Ruxpin if you ever see pictures of him. Later, Gabby Bear would be removed from shelves due to a lawsuit. So Alchemy 2 finally hooked up with a guy named Neil Simmons. Neil Simmons started talking to a guy named Don Kingsborough. Don had been president of a company called Atari. You might have heard of them and had been looking for something that he could start a company around. After Don got a look at Teddy Ruxpin, it became clear that this was the thing that he would start his company around. That company would be Worlds of Wonder. To get everything started, they had 60 prototypes of Teddy Ruxpin made, but they needed someone to invest in the company. 
Now, the first company that wanted to invest in Teddy Ruxpin was a company called Nintendo. So a lot of big players involved in this. However, Nintendo made demands that Worlds of Wonder didn't find palatable at that point. They wanted Worlds of Wonder to also sell their product, the NES. Don, who had been at Atari, didn't want to get involved in the video game industry anymore, and Nintendo withdrew. But they continued on and eventually found money and were able to really get Worlds of Wonder going in 1985. We'll return after these messages. You too can win, sir? Sure, after this complete breakfast, including my Frosted Flakes, they bring out the tiger in you. Well, okay. Okay? They're good. comes with illustrated book and cassette from Worlds of Wonder. Worlds of Wonder is a storied company from the 80s, created some great stuff. Two very memorable things, Teddy Ruxpin and Laser Tag. They also did some other talking dolls, but those are the two things that most people remember them for. Worlds of Wonder didn't last very long. It was doing so well that when company officers started selling stock, everybody took notice and it got people really spooked. So to attempt to stop this sort of flood away, they needed capital, and they issued non-investment grade bonds, which became known as junk bonds. And in the 80s, if you know anything about junk bonds, they're very controversial, and it didn't work. In the 1987 stock market crash, Worlds of Wonder did very poorly and was forced to file for bankruptcy protection and was liquidated in 1988. The company would operate until 1990, but mostly just to liquidate what they had. That being said about Worlds of Wonder, they had a great product and a great staff. One of my favorite stories about Teddy Ruxpin is how they sold it. They had those 60 Teddy Ruxpins that I mentioned earlier manufactured, and they were all done by hand. And then they would make up pre-recorded tapes for the buyers of toy companies. Then they would take the toy into the buyer's office, set it on the table, and then Teddy Ruxpin would basically sell himself. So Teddy Ruxpin would yawn, his eyes would open, and he would introduce himself and say, oh, you're the guy from Toys R Us. I'm Teddy Ruxpin. Can we be friends? Brilliant technique. And by doing this, Don Kingsborough was able to get an order for 600,000 units before June of 1985. Wonderful idea. Today's episode is brought to you by Phonograph Records. They might not work in the Teddy Ruxpin, but there's nothing like a phonograph record. If you want the latest record, here is your best bet. If we don't have it, chances are it ain't been recorded yet.
of those phonograph records. So Teddy comes out in 1985, hugely popular, but he wasn't alone. There was also a companion toy named Grubby, and Grubby could be connected to Teddy via cable, and they would both talk off the same tape that was placed into Teddy. This allowed for some amount of interaction between the two. And while Teddy was the main seller, there were also several other non-animatronic toys sold with Teddy Ruxpin. The bird-like fobs, and those were hand puppets. There were also several other hand puppets. In addition to that, there were non-animatronic stuff like the answer box and the picture show. And there would be other Teddy Ruxpin stuff that would come out later. From what I understand, there was actually a female character designed for the Teddy Ruxpin universe that was never produced for sale or used in any of the stories. And her name was Amber. So how does Teddy Ruxpin work? Well, a Generation 1 Teddy Ruxpin, and there were multiple generations of Teddy Ruxpin, uses a cassette deck that is actually a stereo player. And the pre-recorded tapes that you put in it have animation data recorded alongside the audio track. The right channel, the stereo, contains the data, and the left channel, the audio. So when you put an ordinary tape in Teddy Ruxpin, often it won't work. There are two reasons for this. An ordinary cassette that wasn't specifically made for Teddy doesn't contain anything that his electronics can decipher as animation data, or at least it's not enough to be coordinated. Additionally, the spine of the cassette housing has some additional tabs knocked out that corresponds to micro-switch triggers in Teddy. And if those switches aren't activated, Teddy doesn't do anything. Just a little bit more information on the audio channels. The animation data used for Teddy and Grubby is in eight channels. Channel 1 is not used. Channel 2, 3, and 4 control Teddy's eyes and mouth. Channel 5 controls if the audio is supposed to go from Grubby, Teddy, or both. And channel 6, 7, and 8 controls Grubby's eyes and mouth. And technical overview. And now, this message. If you want to win the game, you gotta take a good aim and get the most marbles with your hippo. Playing Hungry Hungry Hippos. Hungry Hungry Hippos. Hungry Hungry Hippos is the name of the game. And whosoever hippo gets the most marbles wins. Playing Hungry Hungry Hippos. Hungry, hungry hippos! I win! Hungry, hungry hippos from Hasbro! I failed again. How about these, Master? Hi there. My name is Teddy Ruxpin. How are you today? Fine. Well then. I would like to tell Teddy Ruxpin, the world's first animated storytelling bear. It's alive! Now available at stores everywhere. It's alive! <laughs> so in those commercials, we've heard the voice of Phil Barron, who became the actor who did the voice of Teddy Ruxpin in all tapes and TV shows associated with Teddy Ruxpin. Barron is the only voice actor officially associated with Teddy Ruxpin. In the 1980s and 1990s, Grubby was voiced by Will Ryan. Ryan and Barron were friends who had collaborated as a comedy act in the 70s. When the characters premiered on TV, other voice actors would come in, and we'll talk a little bit about the animated shows later. In 1985 and 1986, Teddy Ruxpin was a phenomenon and was the top-selling toy of both of those years. 
which was an amazing accomplishment in the 80s because although toy manufacturing and marketing is very aggressive now, in the 80s it seemed tremendously competitive. There were so many more toy stores, independent, small, large, commercials all the time, and the buzz around Christmas, whatever the new hot toy was going to be, would be all over the news for weeks. On top of that pile was Teddy Ruxpin. As Worlds of Wonder got more successful, they decided to release an expanded toy line, and they released some really cool promo videos. Dig, 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 dig. Just dig a hole and plant a seed and cover it with soil. Okay. It's fun to see what happens from just a little toil. A legend in his own time, the one and only Teddy Ruxman returns this year with his loyal friend Grubby. And they pop right up out of the ground to find the morning sun. Together, they offer six new stories in the Teddy Ruxpin Adventure Series, all of them with happy endings, of course. Yes, growing different vegetables is fun for everyone. As I mentioned, there were some other characters that came out with Teddy, some puppets, things like that. There were also some outfits for Teddy. So if you wanted to, you could dress Teddy up in a flying outfit, in a raincoat, in a Santa outfit, in an adorable sleeping outfit. And my favorite, workout Teddy Ruxpin. In addition to buying outfits, the main reason that you bought Teddy Ruxpin was for the stories. And there were 41 stories recorded for the original Teddy Ruxpin. Some of my favorite that I've listened to are all about bears, Uncle Grubby, the story of the faded fobs, and of course... The classic Teddy Ruxpin lullabies. And now, these messages. Go Thunder! Okay, where are those ghosts? Meow! They're everywhere. I'll reel this one into Echo One. Bankman, over here, it's Bug Eye. I think he's got his eye on you, Winston. Uh oh, somebody needs a dentist. Watch it, that's Squisher. I've been gooped. <laughs> Let's turn these ghosts into neutralizers. Ghostbusters, each sold separately from Kenner. We ain't afraid of no ghosts. Yuck! Hello, I'm Teddy Ruxpin. It all started when I found this map. You found a treasure map! Did you say treasure? An ancient medallion leads us to treasure in the hard-to-find city. But first we have to escape from Mudbluffs and the Gatangs, who try to capture us and take us to the evil Queller. All coming soon on the adventures of Teddy Ruxpin. Teddy Ruxpin, weekday mornings at 6.30. in the world like a good friend. You can say that again. Oh, Teddy Ruxpin is my friend. And Grubby's my friend too. That's me. Teddy Ruxpin's pal Grubby. The best friend for your best friend. With their experience working on Welcome to Pooh Corner and Dumbo Circus, it seemed natural that Alchemy 2 and Worlds of Wonder would collaborate and make a Teddy Ruxpin TV show, which they did. First, they made a live-action special, which was in the same spirit of Welcome to Boot Corner. People in outfits, lots of puppets. You can find it on YouTube now. It is pretty wonderful, and the intro went a little something like this.
problem with that live action version of the show which was on abc by the way was that it was very expensive to produce now there was interest in a teddy ruxpin show so instead of deciding to go live action they went with a cheaper animation option in 1986 atkinson film arts of ontario canada was brought aboard to co-produce with worlds of wonder deke and alchemy 2 a 65 episode animation series based on the world of teddy ruxpin characters Atkinson would be in charge of the principal animation and casting. They would use voice acting from Phil Barron and Will Ryan as Teddy and Grubby and bring in a whole new cast of characters to round out the world. 65 episodes were produced and it follows the adventures of Teddy as he leaves his home on the island of Rilonia with his best friend Grubby to follow an ancient map which will lead him to a collection of crystals on the mainland of Grundo. Teddy makes new friends, discovers magic, and fights evil. It's a pretty decent show and quite well received. In fact, The Adventures of Teddy Ruxpin held six top ten positions in Billboard's home video charts and won a Video Software Dealers Association Award for Best Non-Movie Children's Program in 1987. If you like animation, you should really check them out. Let's go to far off places and search for treasures bright. Come dream with me tonight. Let's build a giant airship. I've been looking online for Teddy Ruxpin merchandise, and outside of just the main toys, there are a lot of other stuff like balloons and backpacks and towels and puzzles. Anything that they could slap Teddy Ruxpin's image on, they did. It is amazing that with all that stuff that Worlds of Wonder did not stay in business. But they didn't. But that didn't mean that Teddy Ruxpin did not stick around. By 1991, Worlds of Wonder had folded and the remaining assets had been liquidated. The Teddy Ruxpin toy line, though, was still pretty valuable and was picked up by Hasbro. They decided to produce him under their Play School line and launched him in 1996 using a redesign that had been implemented by Worlds of Wonder. It was a smaller version of Teddy, and it used these special cartridges that resembled 8-track tapes. problem with those 8-track tapes is they were pretty easily damaged. That version of Teddy did not last very long. Two years later, in 1998, Yes Entertainment brought Teddy back to the stores for a third time. This version of Teddy was pretty similar to the one that PlaySchool had put out, but they returned to the standard cassette tape. Unfortunately, Yes Entertainment had some problems with their management and financial troubles, and the license for Teddy Ruxpin was withdrawn. A cool thing that came out of this was they also created a method for interacting with VHS tapes. 
Again, this was all short-lived. While they were working on the video interactive hookup, they were also working on a computer hookup that would have allowed you to have your Teddy Ruxpin interact with your computer, but that never came to pass. The Teddy saga didn't end there. In 2005, Backpack Toys announced a fourth version of Teddy Ruxpin, which replaced the audio tapes with digital cartridges. Backpack Toys is no longer producing this version of Teddy Ruxpin, but if you do a search online and you're trying to buy them, enough of them were made that you could still pick them up at a reasonable rate. So that means in total, four versions of Teddy Ruxpin were created. Not one of them is compatible with the other. So if you have a tape from one, it probably won't work in the other. So you have to be very specific with your Teddy Ruxpin collecting needs. Plus, if you want to have a grubby, pretty much should stick to the first generation Teddy Ruxpin. Now you'll see online that people do all sorts of fun hacks. They mess around with Teddy Ruxpin, and that has made for some very fun YouTube videos. It also helps to keep the memory of Teddy Ruxpin alive. What I don't understand is, with technology as it has grown, and with the amount of interactive toys that we see in stores nowadays, especially ones that can talk, that we haven't seen another revival of Teddy Ruxpin. It's been five years, six years, that seems about right for the Teddy Ruxpin train to pull back into the station. So if you work at a toy company and you're listening to this, maybe reconsider it. Think of all the great things you can do with computers. Everything can be remote. Perhaps you could even program in what you want Teddy to say and you'll have him say it. This is me dreaming. I'm a fan of Teddy Ruxpin, who never owned a Teddy Ruxpin. And maybe I'm a little older, but maybe I'm also not ready to let the dream die. So hopefully, Teddy, someday you will be mine. Thanks for listening to the show. For more retro fun, drop by the website at www.retroist.com. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter. I'm at facebook.com slash retroist and twitter.com slash retroist. Some of the music you hear during the show was provided by Peachy. Peachy does all sorts of great music. If you have some musical needs, you can email Peachy at peachy at retroist.com. Thank you for listening to the show, and I hope you have a great weekend. So where can you get Teddy Ruxpin today? That's a great question. Where the- this has been a retrospective production. Goodbye.